Welcome to Hope Through Hard Stuff, a podcast from Winning at Home. Please welcome your host, speaker, and award-winning author, Steve Norman. Welcome back to Hope Through Hard Stuff. It is my pleasure to have as my conversation partner today, the founder and president of Winning at Home, my friend and mentor, Dan Seaborn. Dan, thanks so much for joining us again. Steve, uh, what a joy for me to join you. What a thrill for me to be able to say you're the one who leads all this. I love having people on staff who are a part of leading something beautiful, and I've just heard great things about this podcast, so thank you for the work and effort you've put into it, and thanks for letting me be your guest today. Well, Dan, it's my pleasure. We love having these conversations. So, Dan, you've written more than a few books, but one is coming out this year called Winning at Home, Tackling the Topics that Confuse Kids and Scare Parents. Dan, why this book and why now? Well, first of all, Salem Communication, who is the publisher, um, They approached us probably a little over a year ago and just said, would you be willing to tackle some of the topics that culture is throwing at us that people, especially Big C Church, doesn't really want to talk about? Uh, The reality is I think that the average parent today is going to have a conversation with their child that they do not want to have. I think it's coming for them related to gender identity, related to all the things that are out there in society right now. And this book is an effort to say, instead of you having to react to whatever's coming, let's try to speak into that issue and that topic. So that was what first happened inside my spirit. I was listening to Salem say, would you tackle these things? And I'm going, yeah, I I think we need to, because I think the big C is afraid a lot of these topics. And then I think We need to be prepared as parents for what's coming. So then, Steve, what I did next was approach several of our staff. We have some very beautifully trained clinical people on this staff and coaches like yourself, pastors like yourself. And I ask all of you guys, would you be willing to help me? So really this book, it's got my name on it, but it's collaboration. It's a bunch of people coming together saying, let's speak biblical truth into the topics that parents need to address. Let's give them some tools to know how to address those topics. So that's where the book came from. And so we begin to write it. We begin to put it together. And today me and you hold a copy in our hand because of that. Dan, if all of your prayers for this project were to be answered, what what do you think would happen? What would it look like if this book lands the way that you want it to? Well, the book is going to catch the average reader off guard. Uh, When they pick it up, you know, the title is Winning at Home, and that's because Salem asked if they could use our name, and I wasn't going to fight them on that. But the second part, tackling the topics that confuse kids and scare parents. So if I read that, I would be going, oh, good. They're going to give me all the answers I need to know about a certain topic. The people who have read it, pre-read it, touched in with me. I had a young mom. She said she was reading it on the beats the other day and sent me a text and just said, this was not what I was thinking. You're actually exposing some things about myself as a parent that I really don't like or don't want to face, but it's so good for me to think about it. And so this book is going to encourage parents, but it's also going to make them take a look at where do I find my identity? What's my anchor? What, what holds me together in life? Because, you know, it's so easy to look at our children and say to them, uh, you, no, you're basing your life on the wrong stuff. You're making wrong decisions. Well, we need to have modeled that we know how to do that as adults being their parents before we ask them to do it. So this book takes a look at where do I really find my identity? Where is my true self defined? And I believe that one of the goals of this book for me is for parents to have a reckoning with their own life of 
what am I about? What's my purpose? Am I parenting for some bigger accomplishment I'm wanting to pull off for me? Or am I doing this for the sake of how God's kingdom could be enhanced? And then secondly, I just want parents to be encouraged. You won't finish this book and feel beat up. You will finish this book and feel like, okay, I'm normal. People are dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. I share a lot of my faults and failures in this book, and so do those who collaborated with me. So I believe the average parent's going to read this book and go, this is good. This is encouraging for me. So my goal is that parents would be encouraged, and then my big goal would be that God's name would go forth in power. Because one of the things I'm discovering right now in my own life, Steve, is If I want to be encouraged, if I want to get myself out of the doldrums, which I face just like everybody else, the way I do that is by thinking about the character of God, his wisdom. You just did a podcast on it. His faithfulness. He never fails. Like if there's a cup that represents God, people can drink out of that cup all they want. It never goes below full. And for me, man, I'm drained some days. You, you know, we're coming in, we're recording this on a Monday. I'm shot. I had stuff going on this weekend. I spoke this weekend. I get drained. God never gets drained. And for me to realize that's who I've put my hope in. That's where my promise is found. Uh, that encourages my spirit. That builds me up. And I'm hoping the parents find that in this book and realize God's got me. I'm going to be okay. I so appreciate that sentiment, Dan. And that's certainly something that I... I felt and heard and sensed as I was reading through it, this just kind of this overarching sense that, yeah, there, there are some curveballs that a lot of us are having to manage as parents these days, but God's, God's over and above all of it. God, God's not intimidated. God doesn't flinch when he hears our concerns, and God is with us. He's for us. He's for our kids. And it, it, ends, it ends well if we can keep our eyes on the prize and our feet kind of anchored in that identity in Christ. Well, you have to. I've been through enough of the rug jumped, jerked out from under your feet parent moments that, you know, my first two or three devastated me. I'm getting to a place where when the rug gets jerked now, I go, huh, this is frustrating, but I didn't lose my balance. And I believe that this book is a testimony to those of us who have tried to be faithful through the junk, through the hard stuff, which is what this podcast is about. And I believe that if we really realize that God always has our best interests in mind, I use this line a lot, and it sounds cliche it sounds preacherish, not trying to be. God has my best interests in mind even when I can't see it. And I don't think the average parent really believes that. I believe mm-hmm. they know it. They've heard the phrase. But in reality, when we go through really tough stuff, a lot of parents, frankly, bail. They bail on uh, their belief system. They bail on their their own life. I see it all the time. I see, I see parents who, when their kid comes and shares something with them that doesn't align with God's word, I've seen many parents go, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that. I'm I'm disagreeing with God's word too. I'm gonna go the way that you're wanting us to go as a family." And that really scares me. It scares me for the sake of parents for the long term because. If you're going to parent your child based on the opinion of culture in the moment, that's going to be a long life for you, and you're always going to be frustrated, and you're always going to have anxiety inside going, what's my foundation? What's my true source? What's my true north? If your true north is pointing west, you're always going to end up in the wrong place. And so, you know, I believe as a parent, everything I've faced, and I'm even facing as we're talking live right now, Steve. This weekend, I dealt with something that I did not want to deal with, and I don't Mm. like it. But I'm sure 
that if I find my peace today in the Lord, I'll be okay. And I want that to be the thing that rings true in parents' hearts. I know several today over the course of the last week who have come to me with issues that their kid brought to them, and it's devastating them. And I want to be the kind of person that people say, something different about you. You're dealing with junk too, but it's not knocking you off your feet like it used to. That came with years of defining my identity and my true source of happiness and joy in the Lord, even in crises or in circumstances I did not like. And I know that many parents listening today are there. And I hope and pray this podcast will be hope for you in your hard stuff, and it will encourage you today. And I also want to speak to the parent who has young children, and you have none of these issues, and so far in this podcast, you're a little bored. Let me tell you that the boredom part of parenting will pass. (laughs) You're going to face something at some point, and the culture we live in is going to rip at your cords of, of sanity. And when that moment happens... I want you to understand God is still God. He is with you. He will watch over you. I believe, Steve, that's mine and your calling, in particular as pastors, as as speakers for the Lord God Almighty. I believe that one of the things we have to do and we need to do is bring that solid message of pointing people to true identity in Jesus. And that's where ultimately we all need to go anyway. I appreciate that, Dan. And one of the things I love about this book is that very first chapter about parenting from true identity, Mm -hmm. because I think that when I'm operating out of a false identity, Mm -hmm. my kids and their performance become an idol. Like if my kids don't achieve these things this way, then then either I failed or God doesn't love us or God doesn't care about us. Or if my kids don't color inside the lines on every major life and biblical and moral decision, then either God isn't real or they don't love God or the story is ended. And that's that's catastrophizing that it's 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 okay and fair and honest for us to grieve when things didn't materialize the way that we wanted to. But it it doesn't mean that God's done with them or that God's done with us. No, yeah, absolutely. I remember my wife's line was, my dreams are shattered. My dreams for my child are shattered. When we got the news we didn't want to get or heard things we didn't want to hear, my dreams are shattered. And I find myself going, she's right. Absolutely, it's devastating. But hang on a minute, it's not really my dream. It's Mm -hmm. God's dream for our child. It's his purpose for our child. And I know for me, as I continue to dive into the depth that God has for me, the reservoirs that I have access to that I didn't know existed, to find my peace, to find my strength, to find my security, is so important. And you're right. I mean, I go back to when my take my boys, for example, when they were playing basketball, my girls did too. But I, you know, first my boys are older, so I had them at first, and I remember my my son Josh saying to me one day as I was coaching his team and I was getting into his face and I was telling him all this stuff. He said to me one day, "It just it feels like, Dad, you're trying to relive your childhood through me." And it was so true. It was he was dead on because my father didn't allow me to play sports, so I was playing it through my children and. That was a good moment for me to realize, oh my, my child does not have the same drive. My child will not do life the same way as me. Uh, He has called me to be this person. He's called my son to be that person. And I need to celebrate the way they are. Now, it doesn't mean you don't push them and challenge them, of course, but I can't find all my value system fulfilled through how my kids are doing. And Steve, I would say for me, like I have to confess, if I go back, take the years when I was youth pastor. I was probably a pretty cocky and arrogant parent Mm. at the time because I know I can still remember parents coming to me saying my kid's struggling, et cetera. And my first thought would have been, hmm, I wonder what they're doing wrong. I didn't realize this about myself. 
I would have never said it was true, but I really did have, like, on the totem pole of the way you should have life, I definitely had my family first, then I think I had God next, then I think I probably had some other things in proper place. But I think I found my identity in my family was doing great. Uh, I was pouring my time into them. They had, they probably got more of my time than God did because that's just what I thought I needed to do. And then I look now and go, oh, my word, when that one fell apart, when family's brittle and broken, and it's just not where I thought it was going to be, and I'm the one going to people saying, hey, I got a tough situation with my kid, and they're probably thinking, what'd you do wrong? Uh, That whole table got flipped on me. And in that moment, I began to realize, wait a second, I got to get God in his proper place. Mm. And that's what I hope this book helps people do in that first chapter in particular is identify, do you find a lot of your value and identity and how your family's doing? Now, there's nothing, like you said, there's nothing wrong with having great family stuff going on, kids accomplishing great things, et cetera. But that better not be your identity. That better not be what makes you feel valuable. And and the bottom line is, I mean, I'm not stupid. I was with a group of families this weekend where they're talking about this kid's accomplished this, and this is this, and this one's accomplished this. I can promise you when you're in that environment, if your kid's not doing well, you smile and you play along and you go, that's great. I'm so happy for you. But inside you're kind of going, what did I do wrong? Why am I failing here? It might not be that at all. It might be that God has a bigger purpose and a bigger plan going on that he's going to accomplish, even through your child's brokenness. Somebody listen to me, okay? (laughs) Even through a brokenness of a child today, God might be writing a long picture that you can't see today. So don't give up hope and don't think that you're just a failure because it's just not true. Dan, recently I've been just reading through the scriptures in, in Mark when Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And he goes, hey, God so wants to sow good seed. Sometimes the enemy will steal the seed. And he goes, sometimes a, 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 the seed that God sows in our lives can't fully grow because trouble comes. Yeah. And when trouble comes, if our roots aren't deep, we mm-hmm. flinch. And you just talked about how some people are like, well, maybe what's true isn't true. And I can just roll because it's har- it's harder to be anchored in what scripture and Christ call me to. And I love that fact that you just start from the get-go in the book to be able to say, if just anchor your identity in Jesus. It won't make everything perfect or easy, no. but, it, but it makes the decisions that we make going forward clear. And I think that in the 18 years that I've been a parent, I've had to learn the hard way, and there's been a lot of heartbreak and failure along the way to be able to say, if I parent because I've got something to prove, it's not, it's not healthy for my kids. It's not life-giving to me, and it's not it's not honoring to God. No, it's not. And it's challenging stuff, though, Steve. We sit here having been through some broken times and broken things, and I would tell you I would rather have not gone through it. Sure. But I am glad I did go through it because yep. I, I think I'm a better communicator. I think I'm a better pastor. I think I'm a better friend. I think I understand and relate to people who are dealing with tough stuff. You know, I told you that this past week I spoke at a place where, honestly, I would tell you 99% of all the people at this particular place I go and speak are broken. Mm-hmm. They're broken. Well, guess what? If I hadn't gone through some brokenness, do you think I could even go in that culture and not be judgmental and not be like, what's wrong with these people, et cetera? Yeah, sure. Maybe some of them are broken from their own personal choices. But those kids sure aren't. Those kids are suffering because of consequences. Maybe their parents made decisions that they're suffering the consequences of. So I think there's something that we we learn 
through the brokenness of life. Even Jesus, I mean, as perfect of a man as he was, he lived in some broken situations, mm-hmm. and that's why we sing his name on Sunday. You know, I tell people all the time, you're singing those worship courses because the man you're singing about, he was different. He was different. Yeah. You don't get those songs sung about you just living normal life and swimming along with cultural stream. Uh, and the stuff we're talking about today, um, you're probably going to hear it on this podcast and a couple other places, and that's about it. Because this is swimming upstream. This is living in a culture that tells you, no, go this way, this way, this way. And you're going, mm-mm, no, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep doing the breaststroke upstream because I know long-term it will have a lasting effect and the, the difference it makes will be permanent, hopefully not on our lives, but our kids will see that example and that model in us. But it's tiring. I, I will say to any parent today listening, if you aren't tired as a parent, um, <laughs> I can't relate to you because I'm tired. I'm weary, and it's part of the journey. But good parenting, again, you know, my line there is it's broken people raising more broken people. Well, all those people need to be swimming more toward the Lord and swimming in the system and the plan he has for us. And that that's a lonely system sometimes. And, yeah. and even even in the church world, Steve, you've been in it. I've been in it. Come on. I mean, how much brokenness is going on within church systems? Sure. And if— if the if, if the environment around us that we appear to think is healthy is actually a broken system, how lost are we and how broken are we, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just where we're at as a culture and as a society. So, but, but I don't want people listening going, oh, what a defeating. No, 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 nothing to do with that. What we're saying is in the middle of that, you can have hope. In the middle of that, you can go forward. And I, I believe that this book and what we're trying to say here today is going to point people that direction. It's great. Dan, some of the other chapters are uh, parenting a child with mental health concerns, uh, handling technology well, parenting in a hypersexualized world, developing an appreciation for scripture, gender and sexuality, uh, leading your family with other people uh, as, as a team to shape your kids, and then helping parents promote and model good interpersonal skills and boundaries. Uh, Dan, what are, what are some of those topics that like kind of hit a nerve for you that said, yeah, it's really important that, that we address these with the nuance and the care that they deserve? Well, for me, the answer to that is to be able to say, when you pick this book up and you read it, because of the clinicians who are a part of writing the book, you're going to get some very good guidance that's not only biblical, it speaks to um, a, a lot of the things they've been trained to teach us to, to know how to handle as parents. So what I'm trying to say by that is experts helped me write this book. So you aren't going to just pick it up and read my opinions and my thoughts. There's some beautiful clinically worded things here that are going to give you direction as parents on some of those topics. If As you heard Steve say those topics, you go, man, there's one I'd really like to get some advice on. Because of who helped me write the book, you're going to get really good advice. So I want to first speak to that and just say, I'm so thankful we were able to collaborate together. I think if I'd written this book, it would be a whole different book than than it is because of bringing in just well-trained individuals. And I think for me, some of the topics that I felt very important to address were like gender and sexuality. I mean, that's not a topic people want to deal with. And the way we did it, and Brad, as you know, Brad, our coach, leads our coaching division here, he's just so gifted at speaking into this topic um, from a biblical worldview. And I love that because gender and identity is being spoken to in our culture, but it's based on opinion, it's based on what somebody feels, it's based on making someone 
someone feel okay. And I love that Brad, and as we wrote the chapter together, he spoke to it from a biblical view. What does God say about this topic? What happens when we deviate from God's plan? What God did in the Garden of Eden is the way God intended for man and woman to work alongside each other for the rest of eternity. We deviated from that. And any deviation from what God's perfect plan is causes issues. And I think for me, you know, as I look at Jesus and Matthew, when he gets asked by those around him, the religious leaders, uh, they would say, try to trip him up. They would say to him, Jesus, what, what, what would you do in this situation? I love how Jesus would say this. Well, as you know, in the beginning, God the Father created it this way. That is so cool to me. Here's here's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Savior, pointing back to how God intended it from the beginning. And that's what Brad did in this chapter is he points back to, hey, 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 before we start trying to figure out your gender and all type of sexuality, do you identify first as one of God's child? Do you see yourself and your purpose on this earth and the value of who God made you to be? And Brad's theory in this chapter is if you find your identity first in sexuality, you're going to get confused. If you find your identity first in being God's child and being a creation of his, then things are going to fall in their proper order. So this book gives some very specific answers to those type things. Now, the book doesn't give you, hey, do one, two, and three, and everything will turn out perfect. That's not what this book is. It's pointing you more to biblical truths and helping you understand it's seeking the Lord and in growing in the Lord, uh, you will develop a closer relationship with him. And in that, you will learn to, Steve, as you know, we talk about this a lot here, you will learn to listen to God to give you guidance in some of those situations you're not sure how to handle. Yeah. What I love about the book, Dan, to your point, is it doesn't give a plan for tackling every single one of these issues, but the through line is it gives us a posture of humility and grace and kindness and, and commitment to biblical principles that allow us to kind of sustain all the way through. Dan, you'd mentioned that sometimes it does feel like culture continues to be stacked against what what we want to believe and where we want to go. On the flip side, sometimes there are some things in culture that kind of swing in our favor. And one of the things I like about what's happening recently is it seems like some of that stigma around getting help regarding mental health issues and crises is going away. And I think that we see it winning at home. If, if the stats that I'm hearing are correct, we're getting 50 calls for new service every single week. And we praise God that people are having the courage to reach out to, to get help and resources. How, how are you seeing maybe maybe the dial move a little bit towards people being able to say, I'm ready to acknowledge that I need help and I, I trust it from a Christ-centered therapist? Yeah, I love that. And I agree with you, Steve. I think it's been my generation I've watched that change. You know, if I go mm-hmm. back to my parents, my grandparents, we don't even admit we have issues. Right. To And I heard somebody the other day, I heard two parents talking, you know, they're at the playground. I heard them talking. And, yeah, our counselor so-and-so or our coach is so-and-so. It's kind of like we have our own private counselor and coach. So that's a generational change. But I love it because it offers you the opportunity and the possibility of getting someone to come along beside you who can speak into your life, speak into your heart, speak into your mind. And I would tell all of you listening today, all of those who are part of this podcast, I'm just telling you, a big part of getting healthy is being able to discuss sometimes really difficult topics with someone else who can speak into them. I was sitting in the truck yesterday with a dude who dealing with some just dire situations in, in his own life. And I said to him, who have you talked to about this besides me? And he said, no one. Hmm. 
And I said, therein is part of the issue. You're dealing with it internally. It's very lonely. He said, well, if prayer made a difference, it would be gone. I said, exactly. I get that. I understand that. But there are times where you need to come along someone, let someone come alongside you who can speak to the issues you're facing in life. And if nothing else, help you realize you're normal. And then give you some steps, one, two, or three, to point you in the right direction. And that's what I think this book does. That's what I think our counselors do. You know, counseling and coaching, for those of you who uh, follow us much here at Winning at Home, you know that counseling looks somewhat to the past, things you've done, things you've dealt with, things that have come against you, and then gives you some guidance into the future, where coaching takes you where you are and looks more straight into the future. Where do you want to go? Both those scenarios fit probably many of you who are listening today and we want to come along beside you we want to offer you guidance you know our goal here at winning at home is practical biblical insight at all ages and stages of family life that's we're all at one point or another right there and so our goal is to simply give you that simple teaching that mental health encouragement if you will steve as you mentioned because it's becoming bigger and bigger that children with a nonstop agenda being focused and pointed toward them, they're going to need some mental help. They're going to need some encouragement in that area. And the stress and anxiety that kids are feeling, I understand it. I get it. You know, just the topic that we deal with in the book related to the whole idea of screen time and, and just all the stuff that technologically are being being pushed on our kids um, I, I was laughing the other day when I was reading that the average kid's on a screen, you know, seven and a half hours a day, and people go, that's terrible, until they look up and see average adults on their nine hours a day. <laughs> so it's pretty hard to fuss at our kids sure. when we're modeling it for them. But that's the reality of our world. I mean, the other day at our offices here, uh, a lot of our tech stuff went down, computers weren't working, and everybody's like, well, I guess we should just go home. I mean, we literally rely on technology to do our job. Yeah. And in that type of environment, the importance of talking to your kids about how to balance that, talking to them about not being afraid of it, talking to them about the dangers of it, and this book addresses some of those things. And I just want us to understand what's being thrown at our children uh, in that area is, is overwhelming. And I personally didn't have – when I was 13, I didn't have a phone in my pocket. A third, I didn't go home and look at a screen. So it's a new thing that's come sure. about in the last generation. So parents, you know, we can't go to our grandparents and say, how'd you deal with this? They didn't. Right. So this is all new stuff, which brings anxiety on parents. And then if there's anxiousness in the parent, guess what? That filters right down to your kid. They can tell you're anxious. So this ability to bring some encouragement to them, uh, help them understand your mental health, mom and dad, your mental health is critical because your child will observe your mental health in all these things and then follow that, that leading and that model that you're setting for them. So I'm thankful that we have turned the corner and that the average person listening is pretty comfortable calling for counseling or coaching, but there are plenty who aren't. And, you know, I still have people say to me, when I get to the office, will everybody see me? I, just don't focus there. Don't think right. about that. Just go, I go to the dentist. I go to the doctor. Well, go get some mental health, too. Your brain is, it's critical that your brain be healthy. And so we're just offering something in that area and just see it as an encouragement and a help to come alongside you as a parent. 
That's awesome. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, the book is called Winning at Home, Tackling the Topics that Confuse Kids and Scare Parents, written by Dan and some other select team members. Including Steve. Steve? (laughs) Yeah. What were your chapters? So we talked about uh, helping your kids engage with Scripture, and then also just reminding that God wants a a team that's broader than just your immediate blood family to be a part of helping your kids thrive. Speak for a second. I know it's your show, but I'm going to take it over for a second. No, you're fine. Speak for a second on uh, why it's important for your children to have that family foundation of scripture. I think that sometimes if we're not careful, in fact, I had a pastor friend who said, my kid was really good at going to church, but when he got to college, he's like, how come you never told me how to read the word on mm-hmm. my own? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we think that our kids can kind of pick it up by osmosis. It's not It's not true. Like kids have to have their own burn to engage with scripture on their own. And so we as parents, we're tasked with trying to say, all right, how do we give our kids a, t- a steady diet of scripture in a way that allows it to be age appropriate? for it to be accessible, and for it to be kind of heart-resonating. And my desire for my kids in Scripture, and I don't do this as well or as perfectly as I would like, is to be able to say there were, there's words of life here. Yeah. And it will encourage you. It will sustain you. It, it will kind of serve as that compass that you talked about if you trust it. That's good. The Word of God speaks for itself, and you have to get into it to really appreciate that. Yeah. I didn't have an appreciation for Scripture 12, 13, good grief, you know? Right. That obviously comes with time, but you speaking, those words you spoke to your children just saying, there's life there, they won't forget you said that. Yeah. They won't forget you said that. That's good. Love it. Yeah. Well, so again, uh, the book is out now. You can buy it wherever you get your books. It's published by Salem Books. We're so honored to have them as a partner in this journey. And Dan, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Bless you. Thanks for listening to Hope Through the Hard Stuff. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe to it rate and review it, and then share it with others. Winning at Home offers hope through counseling and coaching, motivational speaking, community events, and other media resources. If you believe in what we do and want to support us in our mission, consider making a donation at winningathome.com.